I'm a minimalist. I relate with the design aesthetic and the Marie Kondo sensibility of living a tidy, uncluttered life. And so much of what I talk about on this podcast is um, ideas that take up too much space or that feel too messy. And my goal is to minimize that amount of anxiety and pressure that certain thoughts can take up in your brain. And a lot of memes, not the funny picture kind, but they're just like idea memes in the world. They affect me because I'm sensitive to the world. And that's nice, but it's it's dangerous because it, it opens me up too vulnerably to any sort of toxic thought. And my goal in general is to limit that stuff, to be minimal, to lessen the impact of distraction and to clarify for myself my goals and my intentions and my beliefs. And I think about what is essential to my life, what is meaningful, how can I define my way in this world? And that's what the meaning of life is, how it comes to be in each of our intentional decisions, decision-making. And this idea of what is essential gets me to think about coronavirus and the way that each locality and government is handling this pandemic. I went to a cannabis dispensary the other day with a friend of mine here in Los Angeles, and it was a kind of profound experience. You have this level of weed culture being suddenly legal, which is fantastic. You have this weird, funny level of security and security theater. You have the crazy amounts of like inconsistencies and hypocrisies within uh, the rules and regulations of business in the pandemic. And just the way that we all kind of socialize around these ideas, what we think is okay, what the right etiquette is. So I just wanna pick apart this stuff in general and really tackle what I'm seeing as a question of what is essential in this world and to each of us. Why is cannabis essential, first of all? It's funny because it was literally not even allowed, it was prohibited. It was literally the opposite of essential just five years ago. And now it's essential. <laughs> and so many things aren't. So you have to ask, once, one has to ask herself why that is. And from my estimation, it gets a little dangerous. It puts us into this kind of conspiratorial way of thinking when you get into it, because it's like liquor stores are open, art galleries are closed, dispensaries are open, but people are discouraged from going to the beach. And it's like, it's as if this messaging is telling us, get fucked up by yourself at home, stay in a stupor, either induced from alcohol or weed, and stay pacified, and consume, 
keep consuming. Shops, clothing stores are open. Walmart, Target, Ikea, these are all open places to go and congregate with people in rooms. That's allowed. And yet actual recreational activities are closed. And, you know, I think this is just kind of, I don't know what to pin that on, like why certain things are essential and others aren't, but I do resent it. I resent that this has never been democratically voted upon. Who's deciding this? Who gets to say what is essential? I guess I do believe in a free market in the sense that consumers get to choose what they want and producers get to choose what they make. And it kind of sorts itself out. Now, obviously, there are tons of problems with capitalism and a laissez-faire economy, of course. But fundamentally, it's very good for individuals to operate in that kind of trade system. And I, I do actually resent the Democratic Party right now for overly authoritatively controlling it. As a side note, this is now the beginning of the era of the Joe Biden presidency. So hats off to liberals around the world and liberalism and uh, sensibility taking back over, I hope, from the reign of Trump. Uh, this is not a dissection of that, but I thought it should be noted that we are now in a new era of optimism, I hope. But I just wonder what Democrats will really do with this power. I hope they stand up for sanity and stand up for, I guess, neoliberalism. Um, not that I'm the biggest fan of that, but I do want, I want businesses to operate. I want small businesses to operate and survive. And I want consumers to be allowed to do what they like. Now, this is tricky. This is like a very fine line to walk as a government. How much imposition do you impose <laughs> versus how much freedom do you allow during a pandemic? So it makes sense that like we're wearing masks. It makes sense that we went, when we went to that dispensary, we walked in with our masks on, of course. And that they had some rules in place, like how many people are allowed in the shop at once. That's a very sensible rule. I don't know if it counts as a law, but it's certainly a new modified behavior in an establishment like that. And it's fair enough, but it gets silly. Like the policing of that, the strictness of that, depending on where you are. In our case, we walked in and we were told explicitly that we each had to buy something and that we were each counted as a patron, as a customer, and that I couldn't be in there, for instance, accompanying my friend without making my own purchase because then I'm not essential. I should just wait outside, I guess. So it's like very strange and silly, like how these things are decided upon and then how they're enforced. Like the woman helping us was quite militant and strict about how she was enforcing the rules. She was like kind of trying to give us instructions and explain things to us through her mask and then also through one of those see-through face covering things. And she was just like mumbling through it and I could barely hear her. It was like a strain to understand what she was saying. And I wasn't allowed to touch any of the products and read the boxes on my own. She had to hold them up for me and 
try to explain them to me and she was a poor communicator it was kind of a stupid situation and my friend and I just had to like kind of giggle through it so it's just funny the rules that we make right like you're somehow allowed to enter a building depending on what that building is just like you're allowed to protest in the streets depending on what that protest is and we get very serious when we get into those discussions of like what our priorities are and why my priorities outweigh your priorities. There's a lot of that in society right now. Like I'm allowed to do this because I have my reasons. You're not allowed to do that because I don't agree with those reasons. And there's just so much of this self-righteousness that I really, I really dislike. So in that shop, it was just so silly to me because of the hypocrisy. Like we were being very much controlled and yet there were seven, seven, no exaggeration, workers behind the counter all together, like they were getting trained or they were watching someone do something. They were huddled in together. Now they're wearing masks. You know, I'm not one to judge people's personal behaviors. That's me, live and let live or live and let die even. That's kind of my attitude. Um, if people feel like, you know, gathering together like that, it doesn't really matter to me but don't tell me what to do you know and there's a fine line like of course i also will judge certain people like slow drivers or people that don't know how to control their alcohol or their you know consumption of something i'll tell a friend what i think and vice versa but at the same time we have to have limits on our own authority and we have to recognize each other's autonomy so like in these kind of shops here in LA, it's just so strange. Like I, I'm allowed to go to J Crew at the Grove and I'm allowed to shop for a cardigan, but I'm not allowed to try it on. The dressing rooms are closed. And I ask why. And the, the few workers that are there, they're talking with each other all day long, standing in the same air. And they say, oh yeah, because of COVID. I'm like, duh, because of COVID, but why exactly? Well, you know, we'd have to like disinfect the dressing room every time someone went in there. Well, then do that. What do you think grocery store people are doing? You think it's any dirtier? Like, I just want to like try on these sweatpants because it's all about the loungewear. And if I can't try it on in this shop, I'm the only person here, by the way, the only customer in this whole store. Why am I not just shopping online? Why are you open right now? It just seems so silly to me. And yet my friend that I was with, she works at an art museum, a very reputable big space here in Los Angeles, and it's closed. It's deemed non-essential. Says who? And on what basis? Why is the mall open and every shop in it, and yet I can't go look at art and actually rejuvenate my spirit and replenish my soul with being inspired and moved by artistic work can you think of a place more hygienic and socially distanced than a museum it's crazy to me like how that is decided you know churches are open museums are modern day churches these are our cathedrals these are huge gorgeous buildings with plenty of fresh air circulated for the artwork's sake even these are places where you're not allowed to touch anything already, never mind COVID. 
you can regulate how many people enter a space just like a dispensary does and yet a museum is closed and it's it, again it feeds into that kind of conspiratorial alex jones QAnon kind of thinking of like why are we being told that we're not allowed to have recreation we're only allowed to consume you know what i mean like that's the thought process and museums have shops too it's like a museum is the synthesis of every piece that is still allowed open and yet it's closed you know movie theaters are closed concerts are closed like some of this makes sense because of the nature of those things like it's all about uh getting together and being a unit of people a crowd and experiencing life as a crowd which is a very valuable thing to do it's why we crave sports and concerts and events like it's it's very meaningful as humans to congregate together and to feel connected to each other. It's vital. It's essential to me. Now, I like a kind of hermetic bedroom artist lifestyle personally. I can spend a lot of time days and days in a row alone, normally, even without COVID. But I still, too, need that kind of human connection, that interaction with people. That's essential. We don't get that. Now, that is a sacrifice I can understand making, especially at the beginning of this thing when we didn't really understand it. I'm really happy that sports finally started up and that crowds were even allowed like at the World Series. It makes sense that you can allow some people to celebrate. It adds so much to an event. And it doesn't mean just because you have people together that COVID is spreading. That is not a logical conclusion. COVID spreads in a very technical way. None of us totally know how, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not true that it spreads technically through droplets that are passed between people. A certain amount of droplets get into your body and you get the disease. It should be clear. It's the same with sex. You know, pregnancy happens in a very technical way. Just because not everybody understands it doesn't make it less true. You can wear a condom every time. That's good. It's a good default thing to do, especially with casual partners. But even if you don't wear a condom, like a sperm has to enter an egg. That's how it happens. So people, once they understand that very deeply, they can get a little looser with the rules if you really understand what you're doing. There's also infections, sexually transmitted. And again, like you have to understand your intimacy to you know, deal with that. And it's funny, it's kind of a similar thing with masks and condoms. I'm sure this has been discussed by plenty of other people, but like, you know, it's just funny, like when we decide to put one on, you know, like in the act of sex in hookup culture, you start touching each other, we start touching each other, we kiss, and we even start, you know, getting handsy, and even with oral and stuff, you know? And then finally, someone will say like, do you have a condom, you know? And there's that moment, that barrier before penetration where it's brought up. And fair enough, it's like a good time to bring it up. But you know, if you're really strict about your health and about, you know, if you were really like a germaphobe, you might bring it up way earlier, you know, like before oral, you know, sex workers certainly could bring it up before that. And yet we've decided socially that it's more like the etiquette to bring it up after oral, 
But you know, oral is pretty damn intimate. Let's be honest. It's the same with masks. Like somehow I'm kind of objecting to how early we bring up that mask situation. To me, I will put a mask on for sure when I'm supposed to, like I go with the flow there. I'm not trying to make enemies or flaunt anything or rub people the wrong way. But my personal, my personal sense of safety and care is to put one on if I'm interfacing directly with somebody that I don't know or don't trust, like the cashier or like any random worker or a really extended conversation with a stranger, I'll put one on because, you know, if I'm interfacing with them for over a minute or so, that I, I know that it ups the risk that we'll breathe into each other's faces or even cough incidentally and droplets will spread. But if I'm walking on the sidewalk in my neighborhood of Echo Park or Silver Lake, it's mostly empty, guys. It's not dense here right now there are people but it's like every few minutes you'll you'll see somebody passing and people get so serious like they have to have a mask on at all times people are jogging in my neighborhood with a mask on that's crazy i'm sorry i'm sorry if you're doing that but that seems really crazy to me you'll have to explain that one to me you need to breathe (laughs) you need to breathe when you're running Why are you wearing a mask? Like you're worried that you'll spread disease by running? Like you're obviously healthy. Like if you can run, you're healthy, period. (laughs) Um, You know, at the risk of sounding ridiculous, I mean, I'm not gonna like say that 100%, but come on, you get it. And I just think it's a little overboard that we're policing each other so much. Like when people see me walking in my neighborhood without a mask, like my, my default is to walk and enjoy the fresh air and not have something on my face because I find it, quite frankly, not that comfortable, not that fun to wear. But I'll put it on like as soon as I, again, interact with somebody or if somebody's walking their dog toward me, I'll give them a wide berth. I'll go into the streets so that they can have the sidewalk. You know, like I don't want to threaten anybody. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. But why are we getting uncomfortable when we're like healthy adults out in the sunshine. This whole idea that like you can be asymptomatic and be spreading it and be the specter of contagion, I think it's a really dangerous propaganda tool, frankly, to intimidate us into complacency, into behaving in this strict code of always being fearful, being under the watchful eye of big brother and everybody else being big brother at the same time. I mean, it is very 1984, guys. The way that we self-police and propagandize to one another through our memes on Instagram and everything, it's not cool. It's not nice to do that to each other. Now, I don't think it's nice to shame the other way. You know, I could also be virtue signaling against this, like, overly authoritarian, overly paranoid mask wearing thing. So, you know, I get that. I'm, I'm, st- I'm advocating for being more chill and understanding what's going on here to see the, the narrative involved. And it does seem like there is one. So I'm just pushing back a bit that I think that the narrative gets a little too tight sometimes, this idea of safety. It gets a little too tight. 
And I say that with sympathy to those of us who have lost people to this virus. I say that knowing that we do need to have a good comprehensive public health policy and that Donald Trump really failed the USA as president on this regard. I absolutely think that way. But I just, I want us to be a little more rational when we're out there together in the world. And I want us to like admit that it's okay to live life still. Now that doesn't mean that we can just have dinner parties necessarily. I get it. Like each friend group is different. Each person has a different threshold of risk. And some people just don't want to take any risk. And that's fair enough. I mean, if you don't want to take risk, fair enough. But let me take risk. It doesn't mean that I'm going to kill your grandmother if I take some risk in my life, you know? It's like the AIDS epidemic, right? In the 80s and even in the 90s when I was growing up. Like, man, my girlfriend and I were virgins in the, you know, later 90s. And we used so much protection when we started having sex. You know, condoms and the pill and pulling out. Like, we were just super cautious an, ab- an overabundance of caution, I would say, because we were raised in sex ed with like this AIDS scare. And we were shown these awful, nasty pictures of different STIs and STDs. We were scared straight as it were. And that's fine. Sex is a big deal. So it should be taken seriously. And same with COVID, but it can go too far. If you recall, like the scare campaigns of AIDS, like you can get AIDS from a toilet seat No, you can't. And you're not going to get COVID that way. You're not going to get COVID by walking past another dog walker on the street. That's not how you get COVID. It's not going to happen. And yet we wear masks to like signal to each other, hey, I'm being a very good responsible citizen. Good. You are too. Great. Like, okay, there's a value to that. There's a value to upholding the signals of good citizenship. I would say that. But I just think that we can get a little too zealous about it. I think we can just relax a little bit, give each other a little bit of a break, you know? And, you know, this is all an improvisational act, this whole life thing through COVID. Like, we're figuring it out, and we're getting vaccinated. I know people that are vaccinated. It's happening. So I would think that we could start getting a little more real here, a little more relaxed, And I just want some normalcy because, again, what is essential? Congregating to some degree is essential. I think that the protests of the summer and even the protests from the right wing are like that. You know, like we have this craving to be together and share a sort of like-mindedness. We really need that. If we're not watching movies and listening to music like that, then we're going to get behind a political cause in that spirit. And I think that's a really healthy thing. I support people doing it. I just, I don't like the hypocrisy of like one group doing it and then shaming another group for doing it their way. You know, I mean, the bottom line is that we have to be mindful of our own health and our own space. And that's it. Everyone should just do that. And... It starts with each individual to do that. And I just don't appreciate being told what my essential needs are. The government doesn't know what my essential needs are, clearly. 
I need to be able to go out and meet people. I need to be able to like have a way to have a date, for instance. Okay, no bars. It's fair enough. Bars are a place where people lose inhibitions. They can get rowdy. They can get busy. And uh, there's always a risk in a bar, even in normal life. So do it differently. Do it safely. Do it properly. Limit it to like just those three tables in each corner. You know, limit each table to three people. Limit the drinks you can buy to like a two-drink maximum or something. Make sure that people aren't getting so inebriated and staying there all night. Even raise the price of drinks if you need to like help the business out. I think there's such there's sensible answers to this stuff, and those should be addressed. You know, back to like the museum stuff. Um, a big reason why museums are closed even though it seems so hypocritical and unfair to the art world, is that apparently, I guess the argument is that museums attract tourism and it's a way of like clamping down against the tourism industry. Well, that's not very fair. First of all, that sucks. Like businesses are hurting. Airlines, it's not like I have a lot of sympathy for airlines, but airlines matter, (laughs) you know, they matter. Um, Hotels and you know, for sure, restaurants and bars, I have just so much sympathy for. And these are like usually independently owned places. These are like mom and pop businesses, small businesses that are getting hurt. And all that business is going to Amazon and Walmart and Ikea and like these gigantic superstores. And this is like the greatest transfer of wealth ever to like the mega rich. Why are liberals supporting that? It's so weird to me that like, leftist people are on the side of like giant tech business it's not cool that like you would shame me for instance from going to like the local mid-century modern furniture shop down the street but encourage me to like buy from ikea what the hell you know like i'm allowed to go to ikea and like shop online and have it delivered here but I'm not allowed to like go to a shop and say hi to the the shop girl and like actually peruse a store. Where are our priorities, you know? If the priority is safety, let me peruse the store safely. Let's talk about like what really matters in terms of our health. Again, personal space, covering our mouths, not getting droplets into each other's faces. That's what matters. That's what matters. Human connection still matters. Intimacy matters. Having a friend group, a diverse friend group, some people that are more risky, some people who are risk averse. I think it's healthy that our friend groups are diverse. And I bet you that yours and everybody else's circles do represent this kind of diversity. Because I don't think that germophobia is is an especially homogenous thing. Condition. I think that that's like peppered throughout society pretty evenly. We all probably know people that take COVID super seriously, more seriously than you or I. And then we know other people that take it, you know, not seriously at all. I was told by a recent friend, recently rather, um, that I am one of the only people they know that's like traveling kind of freely and that I might be representative of like this more relaxed end of the spectrum. And that could be true. I'm definitely not trying to push boundaries per se, but I'm also not letting myself get intimidated to stop living 
the way I want to live. I have done that, you know, it's like a very, it's very much a balancing act of like how much I feel comfortable taking a little road trip or visiting a different city or, you know, meeting a new friend or something. Those are all very personal, tricky things to figure out. And it, I don't know, I guess I just don't feel like it's helpful for all the messaging to like inundate me with this propaganda of like how to live my life right now. I get it. I have to be conscious. I get that. But I don't need to be, you know, beaten into submission. I actually refuse to do that. And I don't think that makes me crazy. So that's it. That's all I need to say right now. I just think it's not the government's job to tell me what's essential. And I resent big government. I guess that makes me more libertarian. I just don't like that the government gets to decide that a laundromat and a car wash and a weed dispensary and a liquor store are essential, but that an art gallery, um, a local restaurant with outside dining in a warm climate, and you know, the Griffith Park Observatory are not essential. Like, what the hell? Like, this is so strange to me, and it just seems to, like, have its priorities backwards. We should be encouraging society to be healthy, not just individual sets of lungs. You know, a healthy society needs recreation. It needs human interaction. It needs bonding. And we need to, like, live beyond Zoom meetings and video conferencing. We need to actually interface. So where are the designers? Where are the, like, great ideas of opening up buildings for better ventilation where are the new ways of like interfacing so that everything is contactless for payments like that stuff is happening and it should just keep happening better happening more i'm looking forward actually as a side note to um the 2020 now 2021 olympics in japan because the, Jap the japanese are excellent about this stuff marie kondo <laughs> as an example i just think that Tokyo is such a great modern city. It's so big, it's so dense, and yet it has a, an excellent public health record. You know, the Japanese as a culture really understand their own sense of health and each person's uh, responsibility in a society to take care of herself. And that's great, you know, like, just because I might be vocalizing some of this kind of more rebellious, individualistic attitude, it doesn't mean that I don't understand my role in society. I do. I just want a little more leeway. I want a little more freedom. I guess I'm representing like that 16-year-old teenage perspective. Like I know I'm still a kid, but I'm growing up. I can drive a car. I can take on more responsibilities. I'm going to be leaving the house soon, so... Cut me some slack here, you know? Lengthen my leash, please. Governor Newsom, California, America. Chill out a bit. We have a vaccine coming. Like, work on that. Get people immunized. And let's also allow some amount of herd immunity. It's kind of inevitable, isn't it? And then let the risk-averse people stay home and wear masks all the time and let other people start pushing society forward a little bit more, progressing, building up the economy. 
like that's going to happen eventually. And I guess I'm here to knock on that door and get it open sooner rather than later because there's more to life than going shopping and going to the grocery store. There's just more to life than that. So that's what's essential to me. I want to feel more clear-headed. I want to feel more relaxed and comfortable with my life and the things that I decide to put in it. I think I can handle that responsibility. I welcome it. And I guess I'm here to encourage you to think similarly, or at least question some of these things. All right, guys, welcome to Joe Biden's America. Let's see how that goes. I'm um, wishing everybody the best out there around the world. Uh, to everyone really experiencing a hard winter, um, I'm trying to send you some sunshine. The sun does shine always, regardless of the clouds over your particular sky. Until next time, ciao.